Listeners to the Uni Guide, this is episode seven. Here's some snippets to whet your appetite and see what we're going to be talking about in this episode. Post-it notes is mine. It sounds a bit bonkers. I think that's one thing that, that universities do more now. It was really useful because I got to see the accommodation that they have to offer. And they're an absolutely fantastic place to ask questions. Let's see if you can win the Kit Kat this week. Fundamental factor in deciding what university I wanted to go to. Because it helped me decide what I would perhaps be most comfortable with. Um, and you're really getting a bit of a deep dive into what it's like to study that subject at university. Before we get into today's topic, let's welcome back John Cheek, my trusty co-host. John, how are you? Really well, thank you, Tim. Really good to be back. And hi, I'm looking forward to this podcast, looking at university events. Thank you, John. And who have we booked as our special guest, as our expert, to take us through? We've got... Emily Day joined us today, someone I know really well from with various hats. So Emily's had a, a loads and loads of experience in the sector working at different universities, and she'll tell you a little bit more about that in a second. And also there's HELOA. So HELOA stands for the Higher Education Liaison Officers Association, and Emily's got a really active role with HELOA, so I know Emily really well from that as well. Okay. Warm welcome to the UniGuide podcast. Emily, Emily Day, how are you? I'm good. Yeah, how are you guys? Brilliant. I'm ready to go, Emily. Um, just before we do, maybe just give our listeners a little bit of a background into your your journey, maybe into university and what you do as a job and anything you'd like to kind of share with our audience. Yes, I am a student recruitment officer at Lancaster University and I'm one of our Midlands officers. So I'm actually based at home, but work for Lancaster University and work predominantly with with Midland schools. This is the fourth university I've worked at. It's my second regional role, um, but I've also worked for Wolverhampton um, and York St. John and Coventry University. Um, and then, as John said, sort of done quite a lot in Helloa as well from a training point of view and working with, with sort of schools and colleges from, from that side. Uh, for me, the weirdest thing now is that I'm now back at sort of Lancaster because when I was in that point of looking around unis and decided, I fell in love with Lancaster um, and then my AS results did not go to plan um, and things all changed um, after that. Um, and I did end up going to York St. John as my my university. So to sort of have that full circle at this point is uh, is really nice. And for all of our listeners in Hawaii, a warm hello to you too. Okay, Emily and John, I'll prepare some questions for you, naturally, to go through our topic today. But first, I'm going to start off with a bit of a challenge, as we like that on this podcast. I'm going to give you both, say, 30 seconds. Uh, so, uh, yeah, get your pen and pads ready, that's right. Uh, 30 seconds to list as many university events as you possibly can. And then after the time, we'll see who's got the most, and then we'll go through them. Okay. Get ready, no cheating. We're going, I'm started. Right, I'm off. <laughs> As always listeners, please play along if you want to, go.
Right, that's it, both of you. Pens down, that's it. Hold up your pieces of paper, that's it. No cheating, okay, great, brilliant. Let's see how you've done. John, let's see if you can win the Kit Kat this week. We'll see. No, it's fine. I'm going to win this. <laughs> okay. I don't know. Okay, Emily, as you're our special guest today, how many did you, you can go first, how many did you get? I got 10. Wow, 10. That's like an average of one every three seconds. John, how many did you get? Got six, Tim. Six. But my, wow. my pen stopped working, so <laughs> that's my excuse. Of course it did. Of course it did, John. Okay, Emily, can you name then that 10? I'll give it a go. So I've got taster days, discovery days, subject days, open days, campus tours, pre-16 events, residentials, visit days, aspire days, mentoring, and then the starter tour sound the same. Okay, we have a clear winner of the Kit Kat. There you go. Thank you, Emily. Um, John, did you get any that Emily hasn't mentioned? I just wondered. I got all of those. Obviously, not all of those. I got, I got, <laughs> I got, I got five of those. Um, I also wrote down that applicant visit days, but I, I don't think that's even one, is it? Because that's for applicants. <laughs> I've lost this um, shamefully. As John gets over it, yet another crushing defeat on the UniGuy podcast, Emily. What we can see from this is that there are many, many events. It's a big task today, you know, a good place to start then. One of the first ones that you said was Taster Days. Yeah, so we have Taster Days and these are all sort of quite similar. So sort of the Taster Days, the Discovery Days, the Subject Days, they all sort of a bit of a much of a muchness. It all just depends on what the university itself is deciding to call them. But for me, anything that's sort of a, a taster activity is more sort of subject specific. Um, and you're really getting a bit of a deep dive into what it's like to study that subject at university. Okay, what about open days? I know we've got a dedicated episode coming up for this, but if you can give us a definition, that'd be great. Yeah, so we've got open days and campus tours. Um, is that chance for you to sort of more see the university from a general point of view? So being able to see things like accommodation as well as ask questions about what university life is is like. This was more self-explanatory, I guess, but pre-16 days? Um, so pre-16 events, is that more focus of sort of year 10, often year 11, even younger for some universities and getting them to sort of have those aspirations of university is an option, it's available and what those different types of universities are and starting to break down some of those barriers. Okay, we won't go through it all, but how about mentoring? Um, so I think like mentoring is one that's not necessarily an event on on campus, but can be a really great way to engage with with universities, particularly if you're from a sort of group that maybe might not usually go to university um, and being able to sort of be matched up with someone that can really help you through sort of those first steps of actually how do you apply, how, how does university life work? Just to add, you know, events, university events aren't just for students, they're for teachers, they're for parents as well. Anything you'd like to share here, maybe John? If I just add teacher and advisors conferences, and the reason I mention that is I actually spoke at one last week, shout out to the University of South Wales, um, which is opportunities for teachers to find out more about universities. So that might be find out more about student finance. As part of that event, I, I attended for the whole day. So I was doing a session, but also I attended the, the student finance Wales talk, which is really interesting. Um, so you can find out about all sorts of university if you are a school practitioner as well. So there are a few events we've picked out. So Emily, I'd just like to get your thoughts here. What are the advantages for students taking part in these university events? What's in it for them? 
I think the biggest advantage is that students just get that feel for what university is like. You can read it on a perspective, you can look at it on, on the website, you can watch videos, but until you're sat in, in that lecture theatre or in you in that lab and you're hands-on and really feeling like what it's like to be a student, whether that's the university you want to go to or not, but just getting that understanding of, yeah, actually, this is the subject I want to do and I want to do it for the next three years, or even going, actually, this isn't the subject I want to do that's just as important that students can go this is this has been that that moment of yeah this is great or actually no this is the opposite direction to where I need to be. M question for you and I'm speaking about this from personal experience because I was I went to a school and I had a great time at school but but my school wasn't particularly good looking back when it came to university engagement in the sense I, I don't recall ever having a university that came into my school to tell me about university. So question for you do some schools and colleges you think engage more with universities and have host more events or go to more events than, than others yeah definitely I think it all comes down to what the school has got available locally to them as well as what they can sort of financially do as as well some schools are great in terms of they're able to go and the subject like lead will take it on and book on that subject and take a group with that others it comes down to the careers advisor and they need to book it for the whole whole year group and how do you pick a uni that works for for that whereas others it might be quite a journey to get to a local university or they want to go further further afield like you know obviously Lancaster isn't based in the Midlands but I am and so you have, there's lots of different factors that that definitely sort of go into that along with if a school will let students book on themselves as well does it have to always be a school group that they they bring can students just sort of opt in and, and go along as well. I, um, yeah, I love the mention about about affordability and finance and stuff, Em, because we did some research. It's going back now about three years ago, but I, I don't think it probably would have changed much in the interim. They looked at barriers to university engagement for schools and the biggest barrier by far, I thought it might be you know, things like staff time, but it's actually related to the cost of transport. So so you make a really good point there in terms of like locations of unis and, and actually adds weight to roles like yours where your regional role so you work for Lancaster but you're based in the Midlands to make it more accessible than ever that, that schools and colleges can have you know, accessibility to universities like Lancaster on their doorstep which is wonderful. John you mentioned earlier you know teacher advisor conferences and there's different events that um, people can partake in here and I'd just like to kind of get your thoughts on these if that's okay because you know you might be thinking listen to this you know teachers they've gone to university but Higher education, university, that landscape's changing all the time. The cost of living's gone up and there's been a lot of changes recently in government and things. So it's always good to kind of keep things up to date. What are your thoughts here? Yeah, there's some absolutely fantastic teachers and advisor conferences out there that universities put on. Some they can they can fund even down to accommodation if it's a, a bit a bit further away. But I think most universities will offer at least a newsletter that will have updates and, and things like that in, especially with the upcoming changes to UCAS references and how that's going to change and what that means for for staff and I think most universities as well will be putting on at least sessions to help staff understand how does that those changes affect me and and my role and how is that gonna gonna sort of change with with that so even if they don't put on those face-to-face on-campus sort of big events there's definitely lots of CPD opportunities happening just throughout the year it's often a case of reaching out to who you're you, you know your account manager your contacts that that lead person and and almost asking the question of how can how can they help what about parents and carers then 
Yeah, so if, if it, you know, all these events that go on, so like open day is a great opportunity for parents to go along, but they're often on a weekend or, you know, it's not always financially viable to get up to open days. A lot of schools will hold careers events, they'll hold sort of events that parents can get involved um, in and find out about the UCAS process, find out about how finance works. And they're an absolutely fantastic place to ask questions to, to different university staff as well as teachers um, as well. But I think there's, all, there's still quite a bit of a market as well around online provision for parents that they can tap into a bit like this podcast, uh, that they can tap in at a time that suits them as well. So there is still that place, even if they can't physically get to those school and college events. I, I I went to an event where we looked at it was basically reviewing lockdown success stories. So things went that went well during lockdown. And one of the big things that 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 was seen to go well is actually parent engagement and just as Emily mentions, online stuff. So the universities that were doing like student finance events at six o'clock in the evening, which some parents could attend easier than three o'clock in the afternoon at the school and stuff. So I think that's one thing that, that universities do more now. I say more now, probably didn't do it at all before, um, but more now as a result of things like lockdown. That brings us to the end of part one. Join us off this short break for part two as we continue to explore university events with experiences from our brilliant student panel, along with our special guest today, Emily Day. Welcome back, listeners, to part two of the seventh episode of the UniGuide podcast. The guidance podcast you need to help young people with university decisions and in order to do that what better way than to go to our student panelists to find out their own experiences we've captured on university events with that said let's go over to anton now familiar voice on the podcast anton you're going to be talking about one of the events we mentioned earlier and that was campus visits what can you share here although it was a long time ago now i remember my campus visit really quite fondly it was one of the main reasons that I was drawn to Canterbury. When I got to see Kent, it was really useful because I got to see the accommodation that they have to offer. And that, that's a range. They offer many different colleges with different sized houses or flats. And you know this is the same with many universities. Anton, thinking back... What was the most important thing about this experience of you going on the campus visit? What impact did it have on you going to university? I'd say that one of the biggest things that came out of my campus visit or visits was that I got to see how a city campus operated, uh, which was Canterbury Christchurch, for example. And I got to see how the Uni of Kent in Canterbury operated, which is, well, the campus is a village of its own really and so getting to experience both of these and see what it was like and speak to the ambassadors and hear what their experiences had been was really beneficial because it helped me decide what I would perhaps be most comfortable with. I see so you had a decision to make between the two what was the outcome? In the end I settled on the Uni of Kent's campus just because I liked that community feeling that came from the university being a village of its own, really. I wasn't as comfortable with the city campus, although that certainly had its benefits and being so close and, and integrated with the city is really useful. Uh, I found that just the overall setting I preferred at, at Kent. 
and this is something that can be really useful for anyone looking to to go to university you know you want to end up somewhere that you're going to be comfortable and that allows you to operate really um, to the best of your ability thank you very much anton next we have emma emma welcome back to the uniguide podcast and um, you're going to share with us some experiences that you have in relation to a university event taster days so what are taster days uh, what are some of your experiences here and how do they have an impact on you going to university attending taster days was a fundamental factor in deciding what university i wanted to go to brilliant can you just share some of the stuff you got up to on these taster days during the events, we had the opportunity to hear a rough overview of the course, talk to university staff, and also sometimes get a tour around the university. So for me, this was a fantastic opportunity to speak to students who were on that course at that university to understand what it's actually like to study at that at that university and to obviously get some hints and tips into maybe succeeding on that course or understand maybe what they're doing next, although that's probably far down along the line. Okay, I made you mention hints and tips. Any you can give quickly to our audience while you're here? I would definitely recommend, before you go to those events, looking at the course then, reminding yourself of what the modules are, potentially what the opportunities are on that course, whether it offers a study abroad, period period employment, master, integrated masters, depending on what course you're doing. So that's sort of the preparation side, so that when you go to your talks, you've already got a list of questions that you want to ask, maybe staff, students, or any other one, any anyone else, so that you make sure that you make the most of those opportunities to ask questions, and you leave, you kind of leave more informed than you went. Logistically, definitely understand what talks you want to go to if there's a choice, and have a plan so that you can make the absolute most of that day. Thank you, Emma, and thank you, Anton. We'll be hearing from you later in part three. Emily, I'd like to get your thoughts here. What sorts of events, opportunities can students book themselves on to take part in? Um, is there anything we need to be aware of here? I think it almost goes back to that list at the start, but it just depends on how that university is set up and how they can can manage the booking. So I know at Lancaster, it's a case of schools have to book on on with groups and we can't really take individuals whereas at Wolverhampton it was just as much encouraged individuals book on and and come on their own as much as it was for a school group so it really does vary from university to university and hopefully the websites are really clear in terms of outlining how they can book and is it a school group or is it um, an individual that can attend sometimes they can support with that that transport cost um as well whether that be a big school group coming or can they you know offer you know a scratch card for the local bus or the local train there is often that that support there for students is making sure that if they are wanting to book on their own that actually they that the school's okay with that that they're all right with missing those those lessons and that it's it it's it's all right that they take that time time off and how often they want to do that as well I'm sure a school wouldn't be that happy for them to do it every other week of of term but if there's something really sort of key that they want want to do and there's a reason behind it then you know hopefully the schools sort of can support them with that that's a brilliant point Emma and actually it reminds me of a conversation I just had today um, I spoke to Arts University Plymouth a colleague that works over there and and I don't know um, and, and Tim as well if you're aware of these type of events but I've always thought that residential events were where students actually stay at the university or around the university and accommodation is organised whereas I spoke to Arts University of Plymouth and they have an event that's coming up over half one and a half terms I think it might be around Easter time 
where it's three days during the school holiday where students can go and experience studying their courses but actually the students arrange their own accommodation it's for i think they have to be 15 upwards and i just thought that's really cool like you know your residentials at universities are a massive project for a lot of people because you have to you know, coordinate so much in the way of logistics but actually what they do is is school holidays they've got certain that students can book on directly the only issue that students would have is they've got to then go ahead and arrange accommodation and I'd, I'd, i've never seen anything like that before but i just thought that was pretty neat no, that's the first i've heard but it, it makes sense it's like taking that ownership and of, of where you want to go and yeah it sounds good i don't know if you've been aware of that emily or anything you'd like to add no not aware of it the control freak in me would be panicking that no one has booked accommodation or where they've booked accommodation. But I think it's great for students to definitely get in that independence, budgeting skills, they're starting to build those things, aren't they? Um, but yeah, the control freak event planner is thinking this is not gonna work. Okay, so students booking on themselves to go to university events, but then also going themselves fully on their own. Any opinions here, Em? It, it gives them that chance to really it's still experience university life. But I think going on their own, it takes away some of those sort of safety nets of, you know, getting to school in the morning, getting on the bus, get to the university, and then someone tells me where I'm going to go and what I'm going to do all day. By going on your own, you're taking that, that next step of going, this is something I'm really in, in serious about. It's what I want to do. And I'm going to give up my day to to do that but it also means that you're starting to think more like a university student of that you're investing your time you're showing that independent uh, sort of research skills that you've gone and, and looked at it as as well and you're going to have not necessarily a better experience going on your own but you're going to have a different experience because you're experiencing it as just you rather than experience it as your group that you may be at college with and thinking what your friends think about it you can just go and think yeah this is what I think about this place and this course and is this right for me? John, any thoughts or feelings on this? Only, Tim, to say that I, I think it also one of the big advantages of that is it takes less onus responsibility away from the school and, and there's various reasons why some schools engage with universities more than others but if students can actually access events directly perhaps they might need permission from schools to attend them. It just means that, that students aren't reliant on, on certain schools engaging more or less with universities than, than others. So parents and guardians listen to this and they might be really keen in terms of university engagement and they might be thinking, well, which events at universities can I attend as a parent or guardian and, and am I welcome to attend university events? So things like, I don't know, I don't want to put words into your, your, your mouth, Emily, but, but say like open days, like do you see many parents and guardians attending open days and, and are there any other opportunities for parents and guardians to, guardians to, to attend uni events? I think open days is the big one and you often sort of see almost the whole family come along. I'm sure I've joked at some point that I've seen a goldfish at an open day that it is almost the entire family that that go along. But they're such a good opportunity for the parents and guardians to see the reaction that their their young person has about being there and, and that reaction of sort of that that's that. that that light bulb moment of yeah this is this is this is right for me and I want to do this and seeing them take sort of that ownership of asking questions as well and it can be a real shift in in sort of that journey into to higher education 
Um, and often universities as well will put on different sessions during open days for, for parents. So the student can go off and, and go and tell the student's union or the accommodation and or their subject session while the parents can sort of ask the questions around finance, around moving away from home, what's happening with the cost of living, um, how safe is the university? They can ask all of those questions that, you know, that young person might just be thinking, I don't wanna wanna know that and I'm not interested in that one. And a lot of universities I think are starting to get that really nice balance now between the two, the two sort of areas. And with kind of like the year of parent and carers, um, are there events that are specifically designed for them? There's definitely events that are out there for parents and guardians. I think they have definitely gone more online just to ease the sort of the financial side of things. But I think it's, you know, the, the world has changed slightly for us since since COVID and just being able to have something either that you can access live or being able to listen to a recording back when it when it suits you. There's definitely been that that shift. And I think depending on the type of universities you've got out there you've got your Russell Group your Post 92 you know you've got such a range and that can be a bit of a minefield for parents so to be able to access those different online resources of actually what is the difference between these universities um, there's definitely lots more resources out there than there's ever been. Okay that brings us to the end of part two join us after a short break when of course we'll be going into part three where we give you hints tips and resources from our special guest and also our student panel. Okay, so hints, tips and resources on university events. A good place to start might be where to find out about them. Is there a depository? Are there some resources that are available? John, I think you might have some answers for me here. So I'm a massive advocate in terms of university events. Uh, it's probably one of the big reasons why I, I start Junior Taste Days. I think it's so important that, that school colleagues, students, parents find out about university. And, and the key way they can do that is via university events, whether that's open days, summer schools, taster days, masterclasses, discovery days. If only we did that challenge now, I'd, I'd be a lot better. Hindsight is a wonderful thing. Um, but one thing that we do is at uni taste days is, is have a, a big director of them. So, so if you're a teacher, you want to arrange for a university to come into your school or you're a parent and you want to engage more with university, or if you listen to this as a student and you want to find out more about university events, that is completely what unitastedays.com is, is there to do is support you to find events and it's all free. So we hopefully make it a lot easier for you to connect with universities. Unitaster Days is always the one I will signpost. And it's not just because it's John, um, but it's it's that is that one place where universities will put all that information, but it's a great impartial site as well. That it's not just me saying, well, Lancaster is fantastic. So look at our website. It is being able to give that, that advice. That's one of the best things. And I had a parent in uh, an event in London and I gave her the Unitaster Days um, address and she actually messaged me a few days later and was like oh that site was really helpful and it was really nice that she just reached out to go yeah you were just a really helpful human um, at at the event so yeah like LinkedIn's great yeah Twitter's great yeah newsletters are fantastic but they are going to be quite focused on the uni that you're getting them them from whereas obviously uni taste days you've just got a bit of everything in there. Yeah, please check out the Unitaste Days website. It's a fantastic resource. And of course, it is free and impartial. Key messages there. Uh, so I mentioned um, we were talking to Anton before about his campus visit experience. And we went a bit further and just asked if he could just put, give us some hints and tips just to support any parents, carers or teachers of young people 
who might be attending or thinking of attending a campus visit. How about some questions, Anton? Good questions to ask at the, at the time. But what I would say is, if you have a particular field that you're interested in, uh, science, arts, humanities, for example, then use that visit to find out a bit more about how easy those facilities are to get to. See if the tour guide has any experience in that area. Are they on a course that you might be interested in? You know, that, that kind of thing. And, and you only find that out by engaging in a dialogue with them. And so it can be really important and, and really useful to, to open up that, that dialogue and, and speak to them about what their experience has been like. What parts of the campus do they like the most? What things don't they like so much? These are like really important things that you can only find out by speaking to to those experiencing it at the moment and going through their degrees. This is all good stuff. Anything else you'd like to add? Something else that I would say is really important to ask about is the support. You know, what, what is available in terms of support at the university that you're looking at? This could be financial support, well-being support. These are all things that are going to be critical because we live in an age where we have a lot of access and so it's important to make the most of what's available to us. When you're at university, you're paying for that experience. So you want to be fully aware of what's open to you so that you can use it if and when you need to. And who's better to ask than the tour guides that you're with? or the academic staff that you're with, they're going to be able to point you in the right direction and help you understand what is there to support you at university. Thank you, Anton, there for sharing. Lots of things to think about there in terms of questions and, and planning. John, Emily, have you got anything in terms of how we prepare for these university events? Anything you'd like to share before we close? I think the, the, the best way that anyone can can make the most of a university event is planning. And actually, I think that that make, making the most of anything is all planning. You know, whether it's it's now people that have got jobs before the job, you know, planning for a meeting or something. But I think if, if students are attending events or school colleagues are bringing students to events or parents are attending events, even just being aware of, of what's going to happen. If you've got questions you want answered, making sure you you write those questions down and also having perhaps some time to reflect on it afterwards and, and certainly for I know Emily attends a lot of um, like higher education expeditions where you have you know, opportunity to speak to loads of universities and 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 people are going to just take in so much information. It's so easy probably afterwards to forget it. So not perhaps just planning, but it's also reflecting afterwards. And that's probably the, the big two tips I, I, could, I could give anyone. Post-it notes is mine. It sounds a bit bonkers. Um, I will often get students to put on post-it notes the different things that are important to them and if you do this with them sort of early on in year 12 and what that list looks like and then when they've been to um, a large-scale event has that list changed has things moved up or down the list and just been able to move the post-its around to how that that changes and seeing how those priorities change it's almost like location 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 and what's the the compromise or what's the the thing that's that's not the deal breaker and just moving them around on different post-its often sort of helps to to get that that visual as well as them being able to go actually I maybe need to do a bit more research on what the accommodation's like because it's high up there but I'm not paying any attention to it when I go on events. 
So, Em, we've spoke a little bit about open days and, and that they're a great opportunity for students, great opportunity for parents, great opportunity potentially for school colleagues if they wanted to come along to one as well. Uh, Lancaster University, I'd imagine, have open days. Em, do you know when the next one is? Our next one is the 1st of July, and then we've got a few others over the summer and then into sort of October, um, just to sort of hit that UCAS deadline in October as well. That's been University Event. I'd just like to take this opportunity to thank our special guest, Emily Day. And thank you, John. Thanks for having me. Uh, just a big thank you to Emily. Um, big thank you to you, Tim. Uh, University Events is, is really close to my heart. One of the big reasons why I started Uni Taste Day. So it's been really good to talk about it, talk about the advantage of them um, and the opportunities out there because there is so many University Event opportunities out there, whether it's for school colleagues, whether it's for parents, whether it's for students. And it's just your job, I suppose, is to take advantage of them. So big thank you, Tim. Big thank you, Emily. And I'll see you again soon. You've been listening to the Uni Guide, the guidance podcast you need to support students with university decisions. If you have any comments, suggestions to ask a question or absolutely anything else, do contact us using info at unitasterdays.com. Stay tuned, like and share. And as always, take care. This podcast was produced by Tim Rowe for Unique Taste of Days.